0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? I have an idea, Rudy. Please tell me that you're here for once. <sighs> no, of course not. Then perhaps, perhaps let's try this. What is it,
3: Nora?
0: Ah, there you are. I'm glad you're here. It's quite helpful for me to talk to someone when I've had a breakthrough. What is it, Nora? I was reminded of a paper I read before I died. A German professor named Max Blank. Have you heard of him? Surely you have. Hold on. I I need to concentrate. As I recall correctly, this was his postulate describing the radiation of energy from an ideal physical black body in which energy, E is equal to the integer n by the frequency of oscillation, nu, and h to represent Planck's constant. Yes, that sounds familiar. We should also consider this in terms of the Raleigh gene's ultraviolet catastrophe, correct? At thermal equilibrium t, the black body will radiate energy at all frequencies, with energy increasing as frequency increases. Yes, that sounds familiar. Although, as I say it out loud, The point of Planck's law was to resolve Raleigh genes, wasn't it? Set that aside for a moment. The question I wish to pose is whether or not the supernatural qualities of this town and observatory in particular are affecting Planck's observations about how a physical body might both absorb and emit energy, and whether this led to what we have been calling the lightning strike that killed me. That nearly killed you. In which case, we're not simply trying to solve for the position of a star in the sky, but that we're also trying to solve for new. Does that make sense? That's amazing. It's not amazing yet, Uh, but I do think we can get there with a little help.
3: This is remarkable, Nora.
0: Oh, very well. Remarkable seems more accurate. Thank you, Rudy. Yes, I understand why you do that now, with your students. Spencer and Judith and such. It is quite useful. Rudy, I will say this now, and I will make sure you hear it later. I am very, very upset with you. I took you for someone who finished what they began. Whatsoever intrigues you are now engaging in your secret society, I believed your dedication to the discipline would come first. Perhaps I misjudged you. And perhaps it is best if we do not continue our collaboration. Your colleague Abby may be more suitable for the work we've been doing. I am very, very upset. I took you for someone. Yes. That seems both firm and clear. Upon your return, we shall see what you have to say about it. Damn! Keep focus, you graceless phantom! What if that had been glass? What if that had been a lens? Then where would we be? Practice, then. As Abby suggested. How did they describe it? Juggling, I think. Yes. Juggling. Start the first task. Add... The second, add the third. First task. Good. All right. Add the second. In Dublin's fair city, mm-hmm, so pretty, mm-hmm, 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 sweet Molly Malone. As she pushed her wheelbarrow, mm-hmm, so narrow, crying cockles and mussels, alive, alive, oh, alive, alive, oh. Alive, alive, oh.
1: Crying cockles and muscles. Alive, alive-o. alive, oh. Alive, alive,
0: oh.
2: Alive,
0: alive, Wes? Wes! It's you, isn't it? I-, I didn't hear you come in.
1: I don't need doors. You know that. You're the one who told me that.
0: I was hoping you'd come back. Please talk to me.
1: I'm not ready to talk to you.
0: Can I see you at least?
1: I'm thinking about how to punish you.
0: I see. How do you do it? How do you eat? How do you tie a rope? How do you leave? But you're dead.
1: Yes, that's what you said.
0: I wasn't... I didn't consider how... I
1: thought about how I could scare you. Scare me? Like I thought maybe I would haunt you and see how you liked it. See if you could still do all the, your astronomy stuff with another ghost haunting you all the time. I have a really evil laugh. Do you know that? I was working on it for a month so that I could win the evil laugh contest at Dot's Halloween party. It's really good. You want to hear it?
0: All right.
1: I don't care what you want, but it would terrify you. The acoustics in here terrify you. Wes. That's not even my name. Did you know that? You know so much about me and you didn't even know that's not my name, did you? It's Theodore. Theodore Wesley. Born 1937. Died 1954.
0: Theodore, then.
1: No. No. Theodore was... or... Teddy. Somebody used to call me Teddy. That was before I knew. Before you told me.
0: Wes, then? Wes. There you are. Here I am. Are you... still here to punish me?
1: No. I was never able to get that evil laugh right anyway. (laughs) See? Dot heard me practicing, and she said... Wes, evil is something you feel in your marrow, and I don't think you have a wicked bone in your body. Which is true, turns out, because I don't have any bones in my body. Because I don't really have a body. Or whatever this is I have. It's also a little confusing. After you told me, it was like I had some memories come back of who I was when I was Theodore, but they're mixed with the memories of who I've been as Wes, so it's like it's, it's all a little, um... Puzzle pieces. You know?
0: I do apologize, Wes. When I told you, I was still... I thought we should be the same. But you were so different, and I couldn't understand how you could be so different. And I was perhaps also a little envious. No. Please. Let me start again. Okay. When I told you that you were a ghost, I was being... Selfish I was looking at you as something to solve You were the second person I'd hurt that way With my narrow vision Looking with one eye through the lens of my curiosity
1: I did need to know
0: Maybe you did But I should not have been the one to tell you And not that way Dot and Abby and Lily They cared about you They still care about you
1: I still care about them
0: They could have told you without breaking you into a thousand pieces, like I did. So I apologize to you for all of it. Thank you, Nora. How do you know that song? Which song? Molly Malone, the one I was singing.
1: I remember my mother used to sing that song. It was something in the book she gave to her beginning piano students. I asked her what cockles and mussels were, and she said they were like clams, and you could eat them. (laughs) But she'd never had one before.
0: They are like clams. Are they good? I only tried them once. I did not find them appealing. (laughs) When I was a child, I could hear the fishermen, the grandfathers, and fathers, and sons, returning from the River Charles with whatever they had caught on their lines. Carp and perch, mostly. No cockles, no mussels. They sang that song through the streets like soldiers returned from war. My mother closed the windows and named them for drunken savages. I grew to love the melody and the story it told. Now a ghost feels a barrow, mm -hmm, so narrow. Oh, I hadn't... (laughs) That's quite funny, isn't it? A ghost singing about another ghost. You're not Irish. Not in the slightest.
1: (laughs) Me neither. That's also a little funny. You said I was different. Because I could hold things and eat and because I could walk anywhere, right?
0: Yes, but also because I cannot hold your echoes.
1: What does that mean? Hold my echoes?
0: Listen. Ugh,
2: Saturn. There is a lesson to be learned. Watch out first I do this. I'm glad you asked that. His
1: his name
0: is Wes. I believe you and
1: Except for me.
0: I wish I knew why.
1: I heard you in there. Am I the only ghost you can't do that with?
0: I don't know. You're the first one who's come here.
1: I've met Joey. She's childhood best friends with both Lily and Spikes. Dot too, I think.
0: There's one named Tim. Abby has met him at an eating establishment called Hunters. Uh,
1: I do know Hunters.
0: It is an evil place, from what I could hear.
1: And there's an old man with two dogs.
0: Him, yes. I've heard him called Silas. Those two from the Delphic Order also refer to him as the Revelator.
1: Beware the one in the night. Sorry? Uh, Nothing. I I thought I'd heard. Never mind. It's gone.
0: Five of us, then. No one else?
1: No people. But there might be some wolves and some birds that are also ghosts. Uh, And my house.
0: Your house?
1: The house I grew up in. 1974 East Oak Street. I went to see it, and it disappeared. I remembered being there. I think I died there. I don't know if I remember being there from when I was alive.
0: Five people, several animals, and a house. This is a very unusual data set, but let us try to see what we can make of it, shall we? Come over to the chalkboard, please. I should write this down, since I won't have your echoes to listen to later. I simply need to erase... Erase...
1: Do you need help with- No.
0: I need to practice this. You're doing great. Thank you. Damn!
1: Nora, I'm happy to- I
0: can do it! Let me do it! I just need to focus a little more. Little more? Ah.
1: Nora. You don't have to do this on your own.
0: Would you, please?
1: Should I save any of this?
0: I have it already. Do you want to write it? No. If you could. It seems to come so much easier to you. You said you were alive from 19...
1: 1937 to 1954.
0: I lived from 1880 to 1911. Joey? She didn't say. Silas? I didn't ask. Tim... Tim Abbey would know. Tim seems to be tethered to hunters, as I am to the observatory.
1: I think Joey's connected to the witch's altar. It's a sort of uh, flat rock in the middle of a field.
0: And Silas, I have gathered, may not enter the boundaries of the town itself.
1: I don't know if that's true anymore.
0: I see. The dilemma is that our equation is made entirely of variables. The only constant is that each of us are ghosts. But the nature of a ghost is, itself, a variable. May I try the chalk again? Please do. Since we cannot solve what makes West W distinct from other ghosts, G, without determining a singular value for G, we are unable to consider this problem in a wholly quantitative manner.
1: Uh,
2: Okay.
0: So what if we visualize the data another way? Perhaps we think of Mount Absalom as a sort of star system. These landmarks we discussed, the observatory, the witch's... uh, Witch's altar. The observatory, the witch's altar, Hunter's diner. These are as planets in the Absalom system Which means that Tim, Joey, myself, we are the satellites of these planets. Moons? Yes. And like moons, we may appear intermittently, when conditions align, when we are in the position to reflect light.
1: Wait, so does that mean... does that mean that sometimes you're not even here?
0: Uncertain. There are very long silences in my collection of echoes, come to think of it.
1: So if you're a moon, then what is Silas?
0: An asteroid, perhaps? or a comet whose path has shifted.
1: And what am I?
0: Something else. But what? 1954, you said. That was the date on your tombstone? Yeah. So unlike me, you did not become a ghost immediately after your death. Otherwise, you would have wandered Mount Absalom for 50 years and would have realized before I ever had a chance to tell you. Probably. So we arrive at the essential question. What is the first thing you remember After 1954.
1: I remember... I remember walking up to the front door of the Fenwood House. No, that can't be right. Can it? No. That's what I remember. I walked up the steps and knocked on the door. Dot opened the door. And I said, Hi there. I'm Theodore. I said, Theodore. I did. And then I said... But call me Wes. She laughed at that, said something, something sarcastic like she does, and then she forgot about it. And I was just Wes. Then, then I forgot about it. I forgot that I was Theodore Wesley. I forgot that I lived at a house on Oak Street. I forgot that, that my. My dad, my mom, Thomas and Evelyn Wesley. I knew I had a dad and a mom, but I forgot their names. Why did I forget their names? That's not right. You can't, you shouldn't have to come back from the dead and forget the people who used to love you. That's not. I told Dot that I heard she needed help and I was there to help her. She said she didn't know how I knew that, but I was right and she asked me to come in. Except I don't. I don't remember hearing she needed help. I walked up to the door and I just knew. Thomas and Evelyn Wesley. She was a music teacher, and he was a supervisor in the bottling works. Thomas. Evelyn. Theodore. Theodore? I told you it's Wes.
0: I did not mean to upset you. Again.
1: You're not upsetting me. It's not you. Don't you get it? It's, it's all this. Ghosts. Mount Absalom. Why is it me? Why did I come back?
0: What even am I? I don't even know how I died. Is that something you wish to know? I don't know. Maybe. I know exactly how I died. It has not given me comfort.
1: You've been a ghost longer than me. What do we want?
0: Again, that seems variable. Silas wants entrance to the town. I wanted to repair my telescope. You wanted to help Dot.
1: But I didn't even know Dot. I don't know if she was even alive in 1954.
0: So if we ask what is peculiar about Dot Harper, then we may learn what is peculiar about you. Hmm. A deeper mystery. Oh my! What mystery? That's why it sounded familiar.
1: What sounded familiar?
0: Thomas and Evelyn, you said.
1: Nora, what are you talking about?
0: I believe your parents were here once in this observatory. Deep breath. Think hard. I
3: just went to get him along somewhere. I'm from the Delphic Order. why does he keep coming
0: back here? Maybe nobody marries him. Hey, Thomas. Stop. There was some odd seismic activity in this area. It's a fever. Maybe nobody married to you.
3: Finally, the death rate is clear.
2: Never since
0: Theodore died! Wait. Do you want to hear this?
1: Are they... Were they okay?
0: I couldn't say for certain.
1: Please let me hear them.
2: But why does he keep coming back here? Oh. That's him dead.
3: Something in here. Something hidden, maybe.
2: Thomas? Mom.
3: Trying to figure something out.
2: Bennett Kipner called our house to check on him. Said there was some concern, what with you calling in sick two nights in a row? What did you tell him? What do you think I told him? I told him that I was concerned, too, but he didn't want a floor manager coming in sick, and there's nothing to do for a virus except to let it run its course. That's good. That's good, Evelyn. Oh, you think we're done, Thomas Wesley? We're not done. You may have told Work that you were sick, but you sure as hell forgot to tell me. I just needed to... What? You needed to sneak off to the old observatory in the middle of the night for no good reason? Uh, I have a reason. I know you think you have a reason. I've watched Arthur Warren coming up here once a week for a month now. And I have no idea what business it is of his. And what business is it of yours? It's the Delphic Order, Evelyn. There's something they want in here, or, or something they're hiding in here, or-, or... Stop it. The... Thomas, stop. Evelyn! This isn't about the Delphic Order. It is! Then I don't care if it's about the Delphic Order. I care about my husband, who's been off chasing whatever mystery he can find ever since Theodore died. This doesn't have a thing to do with Teddy. We know what happened to him. I know. That wasn't any mystery to solve. If it was, that's what you'd be doing. And since you can't, you're doing this instead. Because it's what you'd be doing with him. He was still living. I miss him, Evelyn. I know. I miss our boy. I know. Come home. You don't
1: have to do this on your own. That's it? That's all you have?
0: He was here a few other times, but quietly.
1: What he was saying about the Delphic Order, did he find
0: out anything else? I only have what's spoken in this room. I'm not like you. I'm limited. I can't see what happens beyond the observatory. Did that help you? Why can't you? I'm sorry?
1: You keep saying that. That you can't leave.
0: Because it's true.
1: But you're also catching balls and picking up chalk, which you couldn't do before. You worked at it and now you can do that.
0: Yes, but that's not the same thing as- as But why not? Picking up chalk isn't-
1: But why not? What are you doing? Do you want to leave the observatory?
0: It doesn't matter if I do. I'm unable.
1: How do you know that? I simply do. You tried to walk out the door and something pushed you back? No. Did you try?
0: You think it's that easy? What do you know? In here, I know I exist. In here, I have function. I have purpose. I have my telescope. You didn't even know you were a ghost before. You only knew you were compelled to help Dot Harper. Which meant you needed to be anywhere that she was. As soon as you knew the truth about yourself, what happened to you? I vanished. That's right.
1: But I came back. I wandered, and I listened, and I thought about what I knew, and I came back.
0: We are different.
1: We are. I don't know if we're as different as you think we are. Maybe we're not any kind of moons. Maybe we have choices. What if... Yes?
0: What if instead of moss, we were energy?
1: I don't know if I fully understand, but let's go with it, okay? Let's try it. Like you were doing before. One task at a time. Like juggling? Juggling. Put the chalk down.
0: Oh. I didn't realize I was still holding it. (laughs) You see?
1: Here. Start with my hand. What? Take my hand, Nora.
0: Oh. Oh. I can. I can feel you. How odd. Your hand is warm. I thought.
1: You thought I'd feel dead? Yes. I don't get it either. You ready? For what? We're going to walk out the door.
0: Oh. Oh, I don't know.
1: You're a ghost. I'm a ghost. I have footsteps and I can pick things up. So maybe you can too.
0: Maybe I can be a ghost like you're a ghost, you're saying. Maybe. Let's try. The door's like 30 steps
1: that way. Can you still feel my hand?
0: Yes. All right. Let's try. Alive, alive, oh-ho. Alive, alive, oh-ho. No, let me try. Goodness, I haven't seen them all at once like this in so long.
1: Mount Absalom is a dark sky community. Rudy told you that, didn't he? Or somebody?
0: Yes, I I knew what it meant, but I... I did not know what it meant. Oh, I've missed seeing them like this. Can we please keep walking?
1: Do you want to keep holding my hand?
0: No. Uh, Let me try without, but... But please... Keep walking with me.
1: If you keep walking with me, deal?
0: Yes. All right. Thank you.
1: This episode features...
0: Anuja Bhatia as Nora.
1: Michael Tarantine as Wes. David S. Deer as
3: Thomas Wesley.
2: Regina Renee Russell as Evelyn Reed Wesley.
3: Joshua K. Harris as Rudy. Written by Bilal Dardai. Sound design by Alexander Danner. Directed by Jeffrey Nils Gardner. Music composed by Stephen Poon. Recording engineer Mel
1: Ruder. Unwell lead sound designer Eli Hamada McElvey.
2: Executive producers Eleanor Hyde and Jeffrey Nils Gardner.
1: By Heartlife NFP. And a
0: special thank you to our supporting producers Mike Beale, Calico Davis, Steve Diamond, Bill Gardner, J.D. Horn, Nick Keenan, Carolyn Koskasten, Megan McLean, Aurora Natalini and Caitlin White. HeartLife wishes to acknowledge that the land where we live, work, and tell our stories is occupied land. Unwell takes place in southern Ohio, which is the territory of the Miami people. Unwell is produced in Chicago, Illinois, which is the territory of the Peoria, the Potawatomi, and the Miami peoples.
1: Wes? Hello, Mrs. Harper. I'm Theodore Wesley. Call me Wes.
0: The Fable and Falling Network, where fiction producers flourish.
3: Sign. That's a geometric waveform or arc that rises and falls. And a new Canadian TTRPG and podcast inspired by that almost soothing mathematical motion. Let me show you. The action begins to rise as powerful strangers in a ruined yet vibrant world band together. If you run north, they will chase you. I suggest you stand behind me. Partner, I'd rather stand beside you if you're willing to help. Tension continues to mount higher as our characters must push themselves beyond their usual limits. As I'm climbing into the, into the driver's seat, I'm going to say to Sarah, Sometimes you got to make tough decisions. I'm driving now. And it peaks as a danger and excitement hits its zenith, leading to great failure or success.
0: Fenrir would be just fire at this point. She
3: straight up might die. Like this encounter might murder you.
2: You know what? You lit me on fire! We're gonna be on
0: fire, baby!
3: And this tension relaxes. A tragedy, but more often humor, that comes with great pals being around a virtual table playing a game. Discover Sign on your favorite podcast player. S-I-N-E. The choices of the characters are theirs to make, but the fate of the world is up to the dice.